As I sat on a bus traveling through Jerusalem on a grassroots tour of the city, I took in the scenic route. The mountainous landscapes and the green pastures, the desert-like emptiness and vastness of the land, the beaming sun and clear blue skies. I listened to the guide, a Palestinian woman, recount narratives of the injustices her community faces. She held a microphone as she shouted at the international community for their lack of accountability to the Palestinian people. As I watched her, I stopped taking notes. She was shaking and had a raspiness in her voice. I began to bear witness to something I have often felt but could not name for myself. This is grief, I thought. I recognized the near delirium that comes with inhabiting a body considered disposable. I recognized the burden and rage of years of subjugation to trauma. I recognized all of the ways her harsh tone and forceful stance could be and would be misinterpreted. How her arguments would be dismissed because she was far from nice. We can easily read anger, but grief is subtler. It isn't mere sadness, nor a temporary feeling of discontent that comes and goes. It does not subside. It is an unrelenting sorrow that remains with us for the rest of our lives. Author Anne Enlin Chang describes grief as the thing that is left behind after grievance has had its say. The tour guide spoke of her grievances, but it was apparent to me that her forceful shouting was a manifestation of a deeper feeling. I know, because I recognize myself in her, my own hidden grief. Our society has a much easier time dealing with grievances than they do with grief. Why? Because grief is not quantifiable, nor debatable. Grief is subjective. It is what you say it is. The pain in your life that won't go away. Grief centers the humanity of disenfranchised people in ways grievances cannot. So much of what I write and produce is dedicated to people like the tour guide, whose griefs remain hidden because our society is trained to be blind to them. You are listening to the very first episode of Hidden Grief, a podcast about the myriad ways grief operates in our daily lives. My name is Saran Sidime, your host. I'm an interfaith community organizer, educator, academic, and writer. I'm also a recent graduate of Harvard Divinity School, where I spent my time learning about the intersection of religion, ethics, and politics, and how they continuously frame the world we live in. While at Harvard, I became preoccupied with the relationship between the griefs we carry and how we relate to others. I also became deeply troubled with our culture's inability to lean into grief or to differentiate between grief and grievances and the consequences of dismissing grief as mere identity politics. My research explored the ways grief affects our ability to empathize with others from different lived experiences, 
it was my attempt to intellectualize my personal experiences as a black woman in and out of the classroom. Turns out that I was well tuned into the zeitgeist of our times because before I could submit my thesis, the global pandemic hit and civil unrest followed and grief became a national conversation, but not in the ways I was hoping for. 2020, the worst year ever. This morning, coronavirus decimating American communities as the viral spread speeds faster. Breonna Taylor's family is suing three Louisville police officers after the 26-year-old woman was shot and killed in her apartment. Cities across the United States remain in a state of high tension tonight as the country braces itself for another wave of protests over the death of George Floyd. With this podcast... I'm on a personal mission to change the ways we talk about and understand grief. We'll do that one conversation at a time. I am driven by the following question. What would it mean for our societal well-being to expand the common understanding of grief, to include other kinds of suffering in addition to death and dying? Sufferings like racialized grief, chronic illness grief, immigration and displacement grief, gender grief, white grief, and so many others. I see the way our culture understands grief all around me, but it became most apparent to me while I binged on the American action drama television series, Station 19. The series details the lives of the men and women of Seattle Fire Station 19. In a scene with her colleague from the fire station, Lieutenant Andrea Herrera is visibly preoccupied with a breakup that wounded her. When her colleague attempts to point out her suffering, she responds, I am not grieving. No one died. And I thought, there it is. There is the idea that someone needs to die in order for us to be grieving, for us to be mourning. To clarify, death and dying elicit grief responses in us as no other life experience can. However, it narrows our emotional world to limit grief only to death and dying. After all, so much of the human experience is about suffering and the grave consequences that arise with the ways we choose to cope with said suffering. These hidden, unspoken, terrible things that mire our lives, our relationships, and our sense of self and belonging have grief at the root of them. Right beneath the frustration, the fury, the aggression, the anger, even the laughter, is the reckoning that awaits, the inevitable undoing and unraveling, the stuff life is made out of, the void that is an intricate part of being human, the inexplicable suffering, the hidden grief. What we do with the pain that is intimate to us and unfamiliar to others determines how we relate to ourselves and to those around us. Grief, I suspect, when unaddressed, paralyzes our identity formation. It hinders our ability to see where we connect with others different from us. It makes us resist seeing their hurt and pain. Unaddressed grief lingers and sometimes festers, 
causing us to act out, lash out, retreat, self-destruct, self-harm, harm others, because the pain is so deep and our culture makes no room for it. And sometimes the community we find ourselves in doesn't either. And sometimes we ourselves refuse to confront it. Why does it matter that we learn to cope with it? Why does it matter that we learn to name this grief? Why does it matter that we find healthy and constructive and contemplative ways to move through it? Stay tuned as we call on experts, scholars, writers, activists, and overall awesome humans to take a deeper look at all the ways grief shows up in our lives. Let's take a deep dive. This episode was produced by me, Saran Sidime, Hannah Barg, and Judah Kaufman. The music you hear is from Blue Dot Sessions. Follow us on Instagram at Hidden Grief Pod and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.